This is Good Friday. It's good for us. It's the day where we celebrate the coming together of all of God's plan for all the ages and achieving our salvation. And it's a good day to be here. We're glad you're here with us tonight. And I have to confess, folks, that the program is reversed. I'd love to blame it on somebody else. I may do that, but it would be wrong. Jane, is this your fault? Okay. It was me, folks. It was me. I reversed them. The order is backwards. The middle one is correct. But in, in just a moment, we're going to hear from uh, Pastor Raymond Johnson. And uh, his church is going to be bringing some music for us. And then afterward, we're going to hear briefly from a, a couple of the folks from Wellspring in music. And then Rex Morey from Cornerstone Christian is coming. Then there will be some music by uh, M3's church. And then James is going to finish out the evening, James Gray from M3. So we're glad you're here, folks. And forgive me. Uh, you can throw that program away if you like. Or you can use it to start fires with or whatever. But uh, just enjoy the evening. Why don't we commit the evening to the Lord? Would you pray with me? This is Good Friday. And Lord, we recognize that it was a horrible day in the history of mankind. We see what we are all like from Good Friday. But God, we also see what you're like. And we see in Christ's cross the passion, the compassion, the love of Jesus for all of us. God, thank you that we can come together as your body, the great church of Christ on earth, and that we can remember together, that we can remember that night so many years ago when Jesus took our sins to a cross. God, keep us mindful of that through this night. Bring our hearts and our minds in line with you. And we ask this in the name of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Hey, how's everybody doing? It's real quiet. Somebody say hallelujah. Can y'all stand up and help me say hallelujah? On the count of three. It's been a long week for some of us. Some of us have been a great week, but through it all, we give the God of all the highest praise. Somebody on the count of three. One, two, three, hallelujah. You ready? One, two, three, hallelujah. Amen. Let's set this atmosphere with worship. This ain't nothing new to y'all. Come from your heart. We're just going to prepare the place with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You have won the victory. Hey, hallelujah. You have won. Dead. 
You are the reason Seated in majesty You are the reason You are the risen king. You are the risen king. 
your voices. Hallelujah. about the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's about coming from the fullness of your heart. Yes. And with everything in you just releasing. Yes. Don't grip on to anything today. Yes. Don't look around, don't look right, don't look left. Yes. Just let your hearts cry out, let them pour out to the Father. Yes. He's a real and true and mighty God. Yes, he is. We're going to sing that hook one more time. It's not about being loud, it's about being fervent. Time. Let's prepare this place. Hallelujah.
Jesus, Jesus at the center of it all, oh, oh, oh. at the center of it all, oh, oh, oh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that was a nice applause for them. Let's give the Lord Jesus an applause. Come on and give the Lord some praise. He's worthy of all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Bless your name. You may be seated. Praise God. Thank you, the praise team, for uh, setting the atmosphere for a move of God. And I believe that if you came in expectation, expectation means to have your neck stuck out in expectation that you're going to receive whatever you wanted to receive on tonight. Yeah, I'm bold enough to believe that even as the word come that people will get healed as even I, man, I feel something up in here on tonight. Glory to God. Good Friday. Good Friday. And what I'm going to share a few minutes about Good Friday is this here. What's your response? Look at somebody and say, it's a Good Friday. What's your response? Go ahead and put the scriptures up. So when we look at this, and I'm just going to review real quick and not get too much into the scripture because I know that Rex is uh, coming up after me, and he has a uh, dynamic presentation that is going to make this very clear to you. So I'm going to just talk about this Good Friday and what is your response. And we have Matthew 27, 25, and I started at 25 because when you look at Jesus' week, have any of you ever thought you had a bad week before? I don't care how bad you thought your week was, your week would not compare to the week that Jesus was having. (laughs) Because it wasn't easy just because he was obedient. It was still a tough week. Do any of you ever have anybody that's uh, patting you on the back one (laughs) week and the next week they're talking about you? (laughs) So one day they were saying Hosanna, and then next thing they're saying is crucify him. And I started here at 25 mainly because we know how the story goes and Barabbas, and, and they let the thief go, the one that was guilty. But what is a powerful statement here? And it says, all the people answered and said, his blood be on us and on our children. And they did not realize that when they said that, they spoke a curse into their family and into generations to come. And if you look at the history of this, the Romans slaughtered them after this. They prophesied their own doom. History even tells us at one time they were slaughtering up to 500 of them and crucifying them on the cross so that there weren't even enough wood to make crosses. But they got what they asked for. Push somebody and say, watch what you say, watch what you say. 
<laughs> you just might get it. So he had a tough week. You can go on down. And as we go through here and it's talking about it, go down to verse 30. And you know, growing up, so when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. And you can go on down. But you shall receive power. Oh, you didn't have all of them. But anyway, I'll just say it. In Matthew, it talks about them reaching a point where they spit in his face. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, and maybe even now, I'm working on some things. Look, punch your, just nudge your neighbor and say, he's working on some things. He's working on some things. I can't promise that if you spit in my face that I ain't going to, you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you know somebody spit in your face, that's the ultimate insult, right? Growing up, if they spit in your face or say something about your mama, those are fighting action and fighting words. Am I talking to the right crowd? <laughs> but what we have to understand that when he went to that cross, everything that he went through, he went through not for himself, but for us. When he was tortured and suffered, he suffered for me. Point at yourself and say, he suffered for me. When he was mocked, he was mocked for me. Say, he was mocked for me. He fulfilled prophecy as he suffered for my sins. Say, my sins. Jesus died as he suffered for all of our sins. Because we know that in all ways he was tempted, but the difference between him and us was what? Without sin. That was the difference. Because he didn't have to do it, but he was obedient to his father, even unto death on the cross. In John 19.30, he said, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, everything that we needed was complete. Your healing and your deliverance and everything you needed was finished. But even when he said it is finished, he was not finished yet. <laughs> because we know that after that and three days he rose again. And Jesus is a bad man. He not only rose again, but he had a public ministry, post-death public ministry. We serve the one God that there was nearly 500 witnesses that saw him after he had died and rose again. There isn't anyone else that can say that. Anyone else, we can go to their tomb and see where they were buried. But he had a post-resurrection ministry. But even when he said it was finished, it was not finished. Now pull up Acts for me. 
because we know in that ministry and as it wound down and we got into the New Testament, we see here, he said, but ye shall receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So now this is in his post-resurrection ministry that he is telling them that you're going to get this power. You're going to get this dunamis. You're going to have this dynamite power down on the inside of you. Because while I was with you, I was telling you that I must go. You can bring the next scripture. I was telling you that I must go. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he just dropped the mic and said, I'm out. <laughs> He was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. And he said, I have to go because I have to send he, him, Holy Spirit back into the earth. See, I promise you that there was a helper that was sitting there with the Father just waiting for me to finish my ministry so I could come tap him on the shoulder so he could come into the earth. And he said, now because he is in the earth, greater work shall you do. Not only a greater number of works, but you will do greater. There's still miracles happening today. There's still healing and deliverance happening today. He said, I'm just one man. But when I send he, him, Holy Spirit back and he get on the inside of you, now all of you can do the work that I did. <laughs> so we got to understand that after he's done all of this, what's going to be our response what's going to be our response to this act of love that he displayed i'm reminded of peter his response to this act of love and we know peter denied him three times but christ restored him and the very one that denied him went out with this new boldness that he had and started preaching the word of god and three thousand were saved what is going to be your response? The last thing he said was go and make disciples. But we get filled with this Holy Spirit and this power, and then we're afraid to go and speak the word of God. Our response should be that we want to go and want everybody to know this Jesus that we know. Want everybody to know that he died for their sins. But no, we're afraid to defend the gospel. Oh, I feel a preach coming up on me. <laughs> we're afraid to defend the gospel we don't want people to know that we're saved on our jobs and in our schools when that talks about defend the gospel it's not talking about argue with someone about what jesus did jesus don't need us to defend him he is the man what that is talking about defend the gospel is testify about the goodness of god in your life Baby, I'm telling you that I ain't what I used to be. I ain't what I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. I used to be a drunk. I used to be a druggie. I used to be a whoremonger. But one day I accepted this man called Jesus and he changed my life. And I believe that if you would call on him, he'd change your life too. But we didn't got soft and turned into punk Christians. Am I allowed to say that here? And we don't want to have the boldness to go out and tell people about what he did for us on this Good Friday. Oh, it was a Good Friday. 
But what are we going to do about it? Touch somebody and say, what's going to be your response? Look at somebody else that's not so stuck up and ask them, what's going to be your response? Come on and give the Lord a hand praise. Stripe upon your battered back, and every thorn that pierced your brow, and every nail drove deep through guiltless hands, said that your love knows no hand, my redeemer. Savior friend Oh, 
celebrate Good Friday. The question is, good for who? Have you ever felt as though you were being kicked when you were down? That everyone was piling on you? Jesus' disciples had fled after he was led away by the soldiers out of the garden. From there, he was ushered through the night from one location to another to be tried as a criminal. Once convicted, he was beaten mercilessly by Roman soldiers, brutal, who took pleasure in leaving their victim on the doorstep of death without letting them pass through the threshold. Afterwards, Jesus was ordered to carry his cross through the public streets. It was probably the 80-pound crossbeam laid across his shoulders. And he struggled with the fatigue of being up throughout the night in the weakness of so much blood loss. And finally, he was unable to bear up under its weight and fell headlong into the roadway, face first. Once at Golgotha, his hands and feet were pierced. And then as the cross with him upon it was raised up, it was dropped in a hole. He was now stripped of all garments on display for all to see. Matthew 27, verse 38, says, Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. It's very possible they were the compatriots of Barabbas, who had been forgiven, but not them. And so Jesus was placed between them as to say, you are no different than they. Just another criminal. Verse 39. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, you who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. As Raymond touched upon, these people who were passing by were just common folk. They were on their way to, to work or on their way to home, but they're seeing this Jesus raised up. And many were the same who were a week earlier saying, Hallelujah, Hosanna, Hosanna in the name of the Lord, the Son of David. And now they see him between two criminals and think God doesn't allow that to happen to a good man he must be what the leaders say he is a criminal as well and so they wagged their heads I thought you were something I really thought you were all that then come down save yourself if you're the son of God 
In the next set of verses, we read, Likewise, the chief priests also, mocking with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others. Himself he cannot save. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. They knew he had raised Lazarus from the dead. And when that happened, they conspired as how to not only kill Jesus, but kill Lazarus as well. They would not believe. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. He will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. If you are the son of God, have you heard those words before in Scripture? 40 days of temptation. These words come from the same source. Satan is speaking through them. If you are the son of God, don't do the will of the father. Just calm down. He saved others. And they're pointing to the miracles that Jesus has done. Little do they realize they're prophesying. He saved others. But he can't save himself. No, he can't. He can't save others and save himself. It's one or the other. He chose not to save himself so he could save us. Imagine you're in that place. You know, when we've been kicked when we're down, we usually don't have the power to fight back. And so we stay down. What if you had the power to get up? He had the power. And if it were you or I on that cross, how easily would have we said, go to hell. I am coming down. You go to hell. Save yourself. I will save myself. You save yourself. Praise God, he's not like us. He saved others. He chose not to save himself. In the next passage, the robbers get in on it now. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. The guilty accusing the guiltless. And we know from other passages in Scripture that one finally comes to his senses. But at the beginning, they're just hurling insults as well. And yet Jesus remained silent. And then, the following verse. Now, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. This was not an eclipse. During Passover, Passover had a full moon. A solar eclipse was not possible. This eclipse was not possible other than it being supernatural. God was speaking judgment upon the people of what was taking place. In this darkness, the light of the world was experiencing darkness within for the very first time. Do you remember when 
you did something you knew you weren't supposed to do? Remember what it felt like that first time? The shame, the guilt, the sickness within? Jesus had never experienced this. You and I, when the second time comes, we still feel bad about it, but it's a little easier. By the third time and the fourth time, it's become our nature, not for the light of the world. He bore the sin, the shame, the guilt, having never felt it before, in utter darkness, in silence. And the Father was silent as well. And so we read in verse 46, in about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Ali, Ali, that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had never known the sense of abandonment from the Father. He had never known this separation that we've become comfortable with. And it tore at his very soul. And yet he had faith to say, my God, my God. He was obedient to the end so that when he was done, he could say, it is finished. He did not save himself so that he could save you. A good Friday for who? A good Friday for you. Um, can we all stand up this evening so we can um, worship? First Peter two through twenty four says, First Peter two twenty four says, He himself bore our sins and his body on the cross, so that we may die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And um, I was thinking while I was just sitting here that if Jesus have not, if he just will, unwillingly did not suffer for our sins, then we would be lost in our sins today. You know, I'd be lost in my sins, you'd be lost in your sins. And I think when we think about that, it puts in perspective why he died on the cross. Um, but instead, he bore our sins on the cross for each and every one of us, each and every one of our sins. He became our substitute 
dying the death that we actually deserved. But by God's grace, we've all been freed. So as we worship in this next song, I want you to think about your sins and him taking that to the cross, him being beaten, those thorns in his side, like all that, all those things that he endured for you and I. By his stripes, we are healed. By his nail-pierced hands, we're free. By his blood, we're washed clean. Now we have the victory. The power of sin is broken. Jesus so
side of the cross Lord we lift up our community right now we lift up these churches that have gathered today Lord the body of Christ how we express it how we live it out God we thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus we ask that you send down a special anointing the veil was ripped from top to bottom we have access to the Father right now. We thank you, Father, right now. You are the We worship you, Father, right now. We worship you, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah is the highest praise. You may be seated. Amen. I have the great privilege from closing this out. Um, we're so thankful for Pastor Raymond, Pastor Rex Moy, dear friends and brothers in Christ, and I enjoy this time of year because there's a lie in this community that churches don't come together. Can I get an amen? amen? We all express Jesus in a different way, and it's truly an honor to come together. But before I close out, I, I was preparing this week, and something came to my attention. It's something about how he clothed us with righteousness. So I want to go back 600 B.C. before Christ at Zechariah 3, 1 through 5. It says, then he showed me Joshua, not the Joshua you're talking about. This is, this is a vision that Zechariah has. And then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. Remember that. 
and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. We talked about the enemy earlier. The Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem, the Jewish people, rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes as he stood before the angel. Now keep in mind, back then they were in the temple in the holies of holies, and they had fine linen on. And the Lord is saying that's like filthy rags in God's eyesight. So no matter what we do, no matter what we at, all your works is like filthy rags in God's eyesight. He had the finest linen on. They go there once a year to atone all of our sins. And he's dressed in the holies of holies. And he says like filthy rags. The Hebrew word for that is crap. I'm sorry, can I say that from up here? It's crap. Now Joshua was dressed in filthy clothes and stood before the angel. Keep in mind the angel. The angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. He said, I'll take everything off you and put fine linen on you. Go ahead. Then I said, put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him while the angel of the Lord stood by. Who was the angel of the Lord? It was Jesus at the time. This was a vision. The angel of the Lord was Jesus. And it's amazing how we go to Matthew in this same picture. And I get the opportunity to close it about the veil. But I just wanted to give you a little history that, like, if you doubt Jesus, this is just one portion of text that will justify what we're talking about today. I don't know where you're at, but this was prophesied 600 years before Jesus even came on the scene, the 2000 before he even came on the scene. He plucked him away from fire and put on new garments. I don't know about you, but the enemy was standing right there in the holies of holies. Now check out Matthew 27. Well, some of those, how many people know those people? Standing there heard this, they said, He's calling Elijah. We talked about it earlier. Those people, they said them, them kind of people. How many of those people do we have? I have people come to me. Hey, pastor, they said. If I hear they said one more time, it's like I'm going to lose my mind. Those people, them over there, they said, they did this, they did that. Text. Immediately one of them ran and got a sponge. I'm going to help you out, Jesus. He filled it with wine vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus for something to drink. Hey, I know you're suffering, but I'm just going to go ahead and talk to those people. And they said, and we're going to run because them said we're going to go run and get a sponge. And he filled. The rest said, then the rest said, this popped out to me when I was reading. I was like, wow. Now leave him alone. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him, Rex talked about Eli, Eli. They thought he said, Eli, Eli. He said, they said, he must have said Elijah. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. What's the penalty of sin? Well, Jesus never sinned. So he had to give up his spirit. He had to give it up. They didn't kill him. That's what the Bible tells me. Text. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn top to bottom. The earth shook. The rock split. 
At that moment, we have complete access to the Father. Let me ask you a question today. You must allow access because Jesus gives us access. Let me ask you a question. What's the temple today? Your body. Where's the holy of holies? Your heart. We're not under the Old Testament no more. I'm so grateful that we're on this side of the cross. So if we're the body and the heart is the holies of holies, and we got a beautiful picture that we're clothed with righteousness, so he gave up his spirit and the veil broke that we could have access to the Father. He plucked us from the fire and put new garments on us. I don't know about you, but the enemy is constantly in your ear when you're in the holies of holies. They did it back then. It happens again today. Have you ever prayed stuff to the Father and in your mind you constantly doubt what you're praying? Maybe I'm the only one. I'm not that righteous. I still need some help. Father, we, we ask for things and we go to him and the enemy is right there in the holies of holies. So today we want to celebrate the veil being ripped. Can we go to the holies of holies tonight? Can we give him complete access? I don't like to just come to church. I want to come to be changed and transformed and renewed in my mind and my spirit and and edified and give him all the glory because I know I'm a work in progress. Are you a work in progress? But are we really giving him access? Are we really going to the holy place tonight? Do I have time to really speak to the church, to the body of Christ today? If we look at our world and we look at what we're dealing with and what we're going through, I wonder if we're really going to the holies of holies or are we really playing church? I don't know. When I got snatched from the fire, something happened because I was in a place where I had to go to the holies of holies and nobody else was around but the enemy, telling me I couldn't do it. You're not good enough. You did this. Do you remember you did that? Do you know how you feel about this? You still have anger issues. You still have bitterness in your heart. You have unforgiveness. You have all these different things bound up in the side of you. You're not good enough. Well, I, my prayer for tonight is that we leave here transformed and we don't go here. We don't come the same way. We don't go as the same way we came. All right? So we're going to invite the worship team up. Can they come up? I pray that you don't have so much on your agenda tonight that you can't stay and come to the Holy of Holies. We want to take some time and take communion as a body of Christ. When we take communion, it's a representation that we do this in remembrance of Jesus. And what I like about the Last Supper, he broke the bread and gave it away. Like he gave up his spirit. He broke the bread and gave it away. Let me say that again. He broke the bread and gave it away. That we can receive it just like we have access to the Father. He gave up his spirit. He gave up his life. He gave up his ministry. He died for us. He's a giving father, a loving father. And I want to receive some of that today.
whatever baggage you came in with, whatever you're dealing with, whatever circumstance, whatever trial, whatever frustration, whatever unbelief we have, I just want to leave it here. The way our world is, it seems like our churches should be overflowing, right? But maybe the problem is our holies of holies ain't right. I want to get mine right tonight. Do you want to get yours right tonight? So if all the pastors can come up. Sister Brennan, can you come up too if a lady wants to pray with you? Thank you. Pastor Ron, can you come up? We praise God for that angel right there. Please don't feel obligated to take communion. This is for what believers do. But I pray before you take this, just don't run up. Do this in remembrance of him. Go to the holies of holy and set any expectations, any struggles down before you partake in this. And we're going to take this together as a body of Christ. If you want to give your life to Christ, hey, Pastor uh, Gil, I didn't see you back there. Can you come up for prayer too, please? Any pastors in there, if I don't see you, I'm sorry, can you come up? You're going to take the bread that represents the body broken for you and I. We're going to take the juice that represents the blood that was shed on that old rugged cross. But the great thing is we got access to the Father. We have access to the Father from our holies of holies. So can we enter that space? Can we dim the lights, please? Can we dim the lights, please? Gracious Heavenly Father, I just ask right now that you set the atmosphere. Lord, there's so much going on, Lord. We just want to take this moment to just take these emblems, partake of these emblems. Lord, we lift up these emblems to you, Lord. I pray that you bless them and keep them, Lord. We do this in remembrance of you. Cleanse our hearts out right now, Lord. We need to be led by you. Lord, if somebody wants to be saved or rededicate their life to Christ, please don't sit there. Tomorrow's not promised. Hmm. I just got a text this morning that somebody committed suicide. There's a lot of people losing their mind, Lord. We just want to be filled with your presence right now in the mighty name of Jesus. So as they worship this song, I just all eyes closed right now. And the best way to do it is ask God to still your mind and still your heart. And ask the Holy Spirit just to fill you up right now. Don't worry about your neighbor. Don't worry about what's going on this evening. Just take this small opportunity to just communion with the Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
moment to consider Jesus. And as we come, remember him. Remember his body broken for us, his blood shed for us. And remember, that's what he told us to do. And we're to do it until he comes. So come as you will. And then there are folks here available to pray with you. If there's something on your heart that you want to pray about, something you need help with, some burden that you're carrying, they, they want to pray with you tonight. So just come as the Lord leads. And then at the end, we are dismissed. Um, we can just leave quietly as you will. Um, let's spend this time in worship of him and in examining ourselves. Well 